0: Log
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Own Your Awkward Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Vargo, and today we have the amazing team from Last Tech with Marcel Allen and Brian Trendler. Marcel and Brian, how are you guys doing today?
2: Awesome. Thank you so much for having us here.
1: I'm doing great. Thanks, Hi. Andy. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for both of you for for joining us. This is such an honor. Um, so in a couple minutes, I'm going to put you guys on the spot and find out what makes your team so awkward. But first, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about uh, who you guys are and what LaughTech is?
2: Yeah, so LaughTech stands for Learn About Funny, and it's a humor education company, if you will, where we help people develop their mix of humor. And it's been a ton of fun. We also do comedy nights and coaching, and we've got a mastermind program. But we're really all about bringing people together in the name of humor and getting people to laugh and be more resilient and and just to have a more enjoyable life all around.
1: I absolutely love that. Um, Does she get it right, Brian? Is there anything you want to correct her on or <laughs> add to it?
0: <laughs> no, you know what she's. She's she's a prime candidate of someone who's drank the Kool-Aid. Um no, she she's she's absolutely right. We have the uh mini workshops, which are frankly my favorite. Um and then I believe the um sorry, the actual laughter coach sessions that we have where people who hire us to work with them on any of their presentation skills, any of their needs, you know, methods, techniques to make themselves a better, more memorable, more hireable, and, frankly, more rehirable and likable presenter, um, those are really great because you also get both of us for the price of one, for lack of better words. So that's been a really neat thing to be able to have laughter coach sessions. And I, I still can't believe people pay us, quite frankly, you know, <laughs> for the ability to get funny. You know, it's, it's something that people are realizing more and more is important and um it just it just makes people more marketable in in any field
1: right well, and it's um it's funny you you don't think you can buy a sense of humor, but apparently you can learn to pull it out of
0: yourself. maybe it's <laughs> a better way to look at it
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: That's our new ad campaign. Thank you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: here to help. So
1: how did you come up with the idea of laugh tech?
2: Ooh, good question. So maybe about three or four years ago now, Brian and I met. Uh, actually, on a Toastmaster stage, and we were at an event called Cheat Talks, comedy, humor, and improv. And I had so much fun at that event for the first time. Well, it was the first time I'd laughed in in months after my own grief and sadness. And I was like, Oh my god, humor is amazing. But there's so many boring people I know, and all my clients need you know need to know about humor. And I don't know. A couple of beers later, Brian Brian and I were talking about different ways to, to create an ongoing program for this, some coursework, some curriculum. Um, I have a background in information marketing, so turning information into a course. And Brian has the know-how and the knowledge and a willingness to let me pick his brain and figure out all the different ways we can be better public speakers, essentially. So we're not training people to be comedians, but we are inspired by the comedians who are so magical in their speaking skills. And we've just been, um, you know, curious and creative ever since and just building the community. And um, I don't know, Brian, there's more to the story. What do you want to share about it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, you're, you know, I, I almost feel like I don't need to be here. But, no, you know, um, uh-huh. Marcel, you're right. When we met on stage, it was one of those unique opportunities where I think we both realized right off the bat that we have different ways of viewing and utilizing humor. And I think that's the real value that we bring when we develop the curriculum for the 101 workshops and the 201 workshops or the targeted learning, you know, mastermind sessions. Because I've always used humor in my career or multiple careers as far as, you know, when I first started working to uh, the uh, corporate world, humor for me was a tool. And it was something that I used to kind of disarm people or situations, get them to laugh, get them to become comfortable. And uh, anyone who's been through any one of our sessions or anything with Laugh knows I always say you land a person as a person first and opportunity second. So you develop the relationships, you develop the humor, um, you develop that sort of back and forth, whether it's quipping, you know, with little funny things or just the ability to – Get folks to relax, and when they're laughing, they're learning better. They're retaining more. They're more open to suggestion, which isn't meant to sound creepy. Um, it's just one of those things where it's, there's just a huge value that we help teach people because everybody has funny in them in some capacity. We strive to just get people to understand through our six methods of humor that if you if you identify where your skills are at, then we can bring that out. So
1: yeah and, and i I thing. love that you mentioned, yeah I love that you mentioned your six methods of humor because you really do have a process that you walk people through of different ways to bring out and identify and use humor. It's not just oh here's here's a joke and a canned you know list of things you can say, it's actually using different methods and styles, yeah, yeah, yeah and you know, that's we actually... really
2: don't teach joke dropping or joke making per se. we teach people to develop a presentation. It uses a range of, of humor techniques to make it more memorable and to stand out versus being linear and, and dry and boring. And so it's more about adding the sensation in and the different sound effects and creating the scenes and the stories. You know, having a bunch of one-liners uh, because that's that's not what we know how to do. We're not comedians. We're not teaching that type of humor. Although when we give, um, dare I say brilliant but timid people, that's my nice way of saying boring people, <laughs> when you give them a framework, they end up being freaking entertaining, and they're dynamic, and they're brilliant, and they come to life because they have the stories. They have the message. Mm-hmm. They just need to kind of add some pizzazz to it and a little bit of sound and, you know, create some scenes. And so it's its not about making them joke droppers. It's making them better presenters, really.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, the other thing that uh, people are shocked quite frankly over when they uh, do any of the laughter coach sessions or the mini workshops or just engage with us, they find that our focus isn't just on the content also. Uh, we don't as of yet have, you know, how to dress for success type of curriculum, although that could be coming in 2019 because I'm often known for wearing shorts and inappropriately. But <laughs> and I it short. about, yeah, it's, it's how to use the space and how to use gestures and how to become the character that you're speaking of or become the product. And no, we're not teaching mime or anything silly like like that, although someone somewhere at some point told me that was a bona fide thing. Um, it's literally getting the people to become more animated, use their face for more than just a place where your eyeballs and your mouth and nose rest it's teaching people <laughs> to talk through their eyes um, talk through expressions uh, and and again when you when when we're doing character play it's one of those things where someone can suddenly take a boring presentation up to a whole new level if it's not just death by PowerPoint and then we can work with props and things like that as well such as PowerPoint or if you're just holding you know, a uh, pen, and you're told from an improv perspective, sell that pen. You know, how are you going to mm-hmm. do that? How are you going to make that pen the best thing on the planet that absolutely everyone has to have? So, yep. way more we than have,
2: right. uh, yeah, we have a sales and capitalism twist to it because we're actually helping business owners, for the most part, develop more. Uh, what am I trying to say? Profitable and well-rounded sales presentation because that's really where. I think Toastmasters fall short is it's not training you need to sell. And people need to learn how to sell or they're going to be back at their day job. And sales can be fun. And that's where when you've got your own mix of humor and you have your own success stories you can weave in, people, um, you know, they win. And we want people to win.
1: <laughs> right. Well, and um, one thing that comes to mind, because I've always kind of been that guy like Brian's describing where you're, you're getting the quips in and you're, you're adding humor into the business world. But one thing that I've always been self conscious about is if um if if people lose respect for me by being the funny guy or the class clown, and I think there's probably an art to balancing that. Do you run into that, or do you have that fear from any people who come through your courses?
0: Oh gosh, oh gosh yeah
2: <laughs> I think Brian was the class clown, weren't you?
0: You know, It wasn't as much as I was the class clown, but I was definitely never taken seriously when I needed help or I needed something to become serious because I was known to be funny all the time. So I had to learn how Mm. to take my humor skills, for lack of better words, that I used as a crutch. I mean, I used it as a shield to protect myself against bullying. I also used it as a tool, quite honestly, to slaughter my adversaries because I could use humor. Everyone else was laughing, but I was destroying the person in front of me. So I also realized very quickly mm-hmm. that, you know, all jokes aside, humor can hurt. So oh, there, sure. there were things, you know, there were there were lessons like that, whether it was directed toward me or I realized afterwards I had directed it toward someone else. I know it sounds hokey, but it's powerful. And, you know, that's where part of bullying comes from in the sense that if you're making people laugh, well, guess what? The bully is uh, enthusiastically encouraged to continue. So, um, you know, there, there were plenty of circumstances there and that I had to stop myself or I've learned through coaching to kind of stop that in others because the, it, especially with the uh, self-deprecating or deprecating humor, there's a, there's a line all the time. And you have to cross both at least once before your lessons learned. Um, but hopefully, again, you you do learn from that. And, and, and those are situations that we've come across with some of our uh, workshop participants as well as individual laughter coach folks where they're trying really hard or maybe they're trying too hard so we can help them learn how to soften the blows, right? Yeah. Mm, sure. And
2: Brian's taught me really well, too, Andy, about public speaking. It's not just about being funny nonstop. It's about getting your message across in a way that's powerful and meaningful. And that's where, like, sometimes Brian will actually tone it down and go kind of corporate and clean and just neutral because he's making a really serious point. He doesn't have to be funny about it. He can be serious. And I think that's where a lot of comedians would um, benefit from having their also, maybe their corporate clean voice when they can be powerful as a presenter and have a vision or a mission in the marketplace where they don't always have to be funny, you know. And, and And that's where we talk about discovering your mix because you don't have to be a class clown to be a powerful business person, and you you can't be a powerful business person without having a sense of humor. So it's finding that mix, and we do we talk about that line: is it too far, and how do you how do you know if it's enough, right? Because some of our best sure. graduate students had maybe two main like laughs or jokes in their whole you know five minute presentation, and they're like, well, was it enough? And we're like, hell yeah, that was hilarious. It was memorable you know, it was way more dynamic than what they had. So it's not always about being, you know, jokes per minute as much as something that as a final presentation you're proud of and and gets other people excited about what they can do, you know, what those next steps are when they work with you.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. You're not actually looking. Yeah, it's interesting. You're not looking for jokes per minute necessarily like you would as a comedian. You are looking for what is that impact you leave somebody with.
2: Yeah, well, and you're also listening for the buying signs, and that's a big part of marketing is listening, and people forget that. It's not just talking, mm-hmm. it's listening.
1: Right, yeah, I've watched some people deliver presentations where they talk past the buying signs and almost talk the person out of buying products from them.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, 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 we we yeah. actually uh, teach people to shut up. <laughs> <Something> <laughs> yep, that's really important. We. One of our one of our favorite uh, clients who will remain unnamed uh, admitted to us point blank that she doesn't know how to shut up. She just talks and talks and talks and talks and talks. And we love people that are coachable. And, and honestly, we have a very quick and easy process of culling the herd when it comes to people approaching us with needs. If they're not coachable, if they admit that we don't want to work with them because we don't want to take that person's money and waste their time. And this particular individual everything that came out of her mouth was war and peace and sometimes it Mm. was a little bit too loud or a little bit too boisterous so we were able to help her tone her message down make it more effective she happened to be really good at sequences um, which is one of our methods of telling people how to do kind of a a funny funnier funniest so it's a simple simple swivel technique and you know, we were able to get her to refine her message and just make it good and make it solid, and not as verbose. You know, so
2: yeah, and shut so sure. the national yeah. questions sometimes too.
0: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> right. Nailed it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I I do like to ask everybody, uh, coming back to the theme of the own your awkward. I like to ask everybody, what is it? It's that awkward thing, whether it was in getting Laugh Tech put together or in working together as a team. What's that, that awkwardness you guys have had to get over and get past to get to where you are today?
0: Oh, gosh. Go ahead, Marcel. <laughs> <laughs> mm, well, Brian, Brian's
2: the awkward one. I'm normal.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow. I,
2: I don't know. I we, we both have a lot of weird, awkward things that I think – kind of magically or seamlessly slee- our, our brand together, it's it's been a, a creation. It's been this idea from nothing and then we turned it into something. And that in itself, the creative process can be very awkward and very difficult. And Brian's twenty five years of experience in advertising and my, you know, background in social media, like it's been a good combination of, of awkward creativity, I would say. Um, I know the other podcast I was on with you, Andy my I think my grief story was all, a lot about grief and being a joyful griever, if that's a thing or being being hallmark. how mm-hmm. do you how do you have fun with that? Uh, and so much of this journey has been how do I help others who are hurting while I'm helping myself? And so I <laughs> joke with people that when I go to you know our last week mini classes, it's like a freaking therapy session for me because I'm laughing my face off. And their weird
1: mm-hmm.
2: situations they go through, and I'm like, this is a dream come true. I'm getting paid to to laugh. You know, normally you have to pay someone to just listen to you, and it's it's just been a different. I don't know if you've ever built a business while you're going through something. It's that in itself, it's kind of awkward because you're you're living it, but you're also leading it, leading other people through their experience of it. Um, but the coolest thing about it all is everyone's got hurt, everyone's got pain, and not that that part is cool, but that we can help them, and that's been the joy. It's helping people who just, you know, lost a parent or lost a kid or lost a job, you know, and and they're able to bounce back and have new interview skills and have new relationship skills and new presentation skills. It's really exciting, <laughs> you know. So for me, oh, I think yeah, that awkward creation would be my answer for the for this round.
1: Mhm, yes, yeah, and for she, oh, go ahead Brian. Uh,
0: uh, she once again nailed it on the head, uh, awkward is part of what humor is, and like I mentioned before, we realized very quickly that we both have a style of humor one of the one of the best things about Marcel is she didn't think she's funny which drives me crazy because people laugh with her all the time. Notice I didn't say at her. Um, You know, she (laughs) does have a humor style. She has her little left field pitches that come out of the blue and just floor people. And they're like, did she just say that? You know, she's got those little skill sets. And when we got together and created this business, it wasn't easy at first because she's pulling curriculum out of my head, and I'm sitting there going, oh, God, that hurts. You know, and and we were and I, because I'm a designer as well, I'm also control freaking over the look and feel of everything. But we laughed the whole time, and it all came together so well. Then I suddenly realized, after so many years of having another company by myself, solopreneur, I didn't realize until I started getting either teamed around or bossed around that I suddenly had a partner that helped keep me accountable for the quality, for the directions, for the methods that we were creating and disseminating the information, creating the curriculum. And everything has had this amazing ebb and flow, and it's turned awkward into (laughs) awe or something like that because it's been this really crazy, cool journey. And uh, I'm just going to be bald, and and thankfully, Marcel's not sitting next to me, so she can't punch me. But we're going to just kick Hmm. absolute tail in 2019, uh, because of what we've already mm-hmm. got going on. And um yeah, she's she's to blame. I'm I'm just I'm just the creative one. <laughs> <laughs> well and and it's
1: interesting, one of the things that, that you mentioned, Marcel, was creating something while you're going through something and I could imagine that for both of you you knew where you you knew there was this need, but I could only imagine it, it's developed and things that you didn't expect to be doing or even have on a business plan initially have come out of it to some of the stuff that you have coming up in 2019 that sounds like some pretty awesome stuff I'm going to want to hear about in a second here.
2: Yeah, it's been wonderful from a product creation standpoint that we're really building community and experiences and in such a high digital world where people need something to talk about on Facebook, having weekly events has been a, a perfect thing because people need a reason to come together and share and and have something to talk about, right? So by having so many events that we host, it's been a really cool thing um, for us to create those experiences for them. But we've both stayed super curious about what's going on in the, you know, the comedy world, and we've gone to dozens and dozens of comedy shows and we've been learning like we're a student I mean I see it as an art form and so we're a student of it Um, and I've I've worked with so many different motivational speakers in my time that I know that you know a speaker who's getting a thousand dollars per gig versus thirty five thousand dollars gig they're very different quality of speakers and there's a big range of of success and skill in there and I've just been curious to, to hunt out and learn and to find them and to develop the curriculum to help people navigate that. Because there's a huge range for public speaking, and I bet so for comedy too, but there's a huge range of what people can command for speaking gigs. And that's something that, I don't know, it's exciting to talk about with people who have dreams of of being on stage somewhere, to be an an entertainer or an educator.
1: Yeah, and now you mentioned um, the difference between you know all these opportunities with speaking, and and earlier you mentioned the difference between what you're teaching being a little different than Toastmasters, where people actually learn how to how to sell, and not just speak. Because oh, Toastmasters is yeah. a great okay. great organization. But what are you yeah, doing with are that? I- are you
2: yeah, I would love to share. So, our new mastermind workshops, so we've done 101 and 201, and instead of doing a 301 right now, we're going to do these mastermind workshops, which are uh, basically $50 per 90 minute session or two per month, you know, $1,100 for the year if people want to commit to it. But we're modeling it after the Toastmasters, basically, workshop, right? There'll be an MC that presents, which is like the Toastmaster. there'll be one to two presenters. There will be some evaluators, some people that give feedback. So there's improv for everybody that comes, or you can come and be prepared. And then one of my favorite things from the sales perspective is the the M report or the the M the M square the M, M to the third report, um, which is you know as you know Andy, you were at my book lunch party for the Seagull, Mine Mine Mine, and we're actually mm-hmm. having people you know come to the mic or come to the front and talk about what wins did they have, what lessons. From the losses, what opportunities do they go after and actually ask for? Do they try to get on XYZ stage? Do they try to book, you know, 15 appointments? What did they do? What's working and what's not? Because one thing I know about business for sure is resiliency is required in sales, and there's going to be a lot of rejection, and there's going to be a lot of haters, and there's going to be a lot of people who have nothing good to say, And to have a community around you will help people overcome and to to step forward each day and to learn and to be like, oh, yeah, well, that didn't work. Let me try it this way next time. You know, and we want to build that community for for business owners where they can come together and get stage time, you know, whether they're working on a book launch or a podcast idea or they're working on new sales scripts or they've got, um, you know, a full gig they want to um, perform. We want to give people a chance to, to practice but also get a little bit of, coaching and feedback from the entire room because we know that all of our laptop classes in the past we draw a pretty talented group of people from different different industries and we want to share their talents with everyone else too. You know, whether it's accounting or leadership or sales or different things. We want to create that mastermind where any performer can come and present, do some improv and then meet some other people in the game and have a lot of fun. So we would love
0: to Yeah that sounds like an awesome program. Right? Thank let me oh, let me chime in with uh one of the things that I'm really proud of in regard to the mastermind. Um one thing that I was always blown away with in regard to Toastmasters, which I loved by the way, I still love the organization. It it actually be, it 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 helped create the speaker that anyone sees today when I'm on stage or even in a sales environment, whatever. Um there's huge value in that organization, but the one thing that blew me away is I was I was part of one particular group for 6 years and even after 6 years hardly anyone even knew what my business was or knew what I did mm. outside of Toastmasters or there wasn't a community per se and what we're developing with the mastermind is a focus on the fact that maybe you are a contractor And you are a plumber, and you are a designer, and you're a social media specialist, and you're an author, and whatever. But the point is is that part of the masterminding is people can come to these sessions with a problem that they need the skilled individuals in the room to talk about and discuss and hopefully benefit from each other and who knows, even become referral sources for solutions, whether it's themselves or someone in their proverbial network. So we want to grow that support structure, which exists in a myriad of different other, you know, business type of applications, but never did through Toastmasters, is growing through LaughTech and through these mastermind sessions, I think will go to a whole new level. So I'm 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 very excited about that part.
1: Oh, I can definitely see that. And one thing, you know, you've said a few different times, you've mentioned community, and that is one thing that I definitely see from everything that you guys touch, whether it was Marcel's book launch party or the live feeds that you guys do both individually and as LaughTech Tech every week, I see this community of people on there sharing and offering ideas, and, and I've made some new connections and friends just through you guys, whether it's even online through Facebook or at some of your events, and it is it is extremely helpful. You guys have, have a, a great value that you bring.
0: Now, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. So we've got just a couple minutes left. What are some words of wisdom you guys want to leave with everybody? <laughs>
0: um, I'm I'm going to start this one real quick, Marcel, if I may. Um, Marcel taught me yes and when we first met, and I think it's because she realized she's she had a troublemaker on her hands when when we first shook hands. Yes and is a simple skill where you can take any situation and say yes. And, you know, dot, dot, dot. And, and, and you can take a negative and turn it into a positive or you can lead a conversation into an appropriate space. And I just survived the holiday season. I don't know about all of you, and I yes standed probably 265 times on a daily basis <laughs> with some of the things. Oh and God, I, <laughs> only 265? Only 265. I might have to round it down. But the point is that if people embrace the funny if people embrace the awkward and the sometimes inconvenient and they learn to just say yes, cousin Alfred, that's great, and have you thought about not talking about supremacy issues at the holiday dinner place or whatever <laughs> you know um, it's a right. very magical tool that I have thoroughly embraced, so that's my tip, Marcel. I love that.
2: So my tip comes from more of my digital marketing background, but I would tell folks to record all their presentations and and listen back to them and realize that your presentation is a product. And the more you can, like, you'll be able to improve your marketing for that product if you have that product recorded. So whether you're a life coach or you're a podcaster or you're, you know, on stage somewhere, record your product and improve that product. And, you know, check out one of our, our masterminds if you want support with that. We would love to have people join us. Uh, I think our next round of workshops for the 101s are starting January 8th, uh, Tuesday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. It's either 3 dollars or $65 each, but we would love to have uh, a, f- a full group of, you know, mini workshops and of course our masterminds. But we're all, I mean, I, I see we're all entertainers, whether or not we realize it because some of us just see ourselves as educators. Um, and the better you can become at being confident on stage uh what is it, my old my old speaking coach said? The the one with the mic's making the money, and while that's not always true, it tends to be true. So if you're not conf- confident on stage right now, you got to get confident so you can be on stage.
1: Sure, that that is very good advice, and I think um, it it is important to record and listen back because I've I've caught myself where I, I feel like I'm saying something in a boisterous way, and I go back and and watch a recording or listen to it, and I think oh. This is dragging on the first 30 seconds. I'm like, I'm not capturing anybody's attention right away. I got to redo this, but that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So yes, it's or bad and, and I'm going to redo it.
2: <laughs> yeah. And the trick is to use yes. And when you watch your recordings, cause you will feel like a mouse, and you'll need a lot. Yes <laughs> Big, and kept- Yeah, exactly. Or, you can't or, be too
1: hard on yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah or
0: have fun. a bottle I'm of sorry? whiskey candy or have a bottle of whiskey <laughs> Or or, or just, both. Yes and. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, Andy, uh, I, if I can't – oops, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, go ahead. you got just a couple of seconds left here.
0: I was just going to say real quick, if anybody wants to uh, log in Facebook Live on Tuesday mornings at 9.30, that's when we do our weekly broadcast. We'd love to grow that viewership. You can ask questions, give shout-outs, all that fun stuff. We We would love more of that. And Andy, thank you so much for the opportunity today.
1: Yeah, thank you both. I appreciate you being here, and we will have a link to your Facebook page and your website in the description. So thank you, Marcel and Brian, and thank you, everybody, for listening.
2: Have a great 2019.
0: Thank you. You Take care.